So one of the things that we have been seeing over the past few months is there's been a lot of need for marketing ops people, but the market itself for those people is generally low. So right now, the budget that you're going to require to get a really exceptional marketing ops person, especially a senior one, is going to be pretty big. However, the investment turnaround on that is going to be great because they've had experience in the field. They know what you're looking for. It's like if you need somebody to come in and fix something, that's where you get like a senior one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. I'm Matt Dodgson, co-founder of Market Recruitment, and we connect B2B tech and SaaS businesses with marketers to help them grow. This week, we're joined by Emily Gravel. Emily is Senior Marketing Operations Manager at VMware and someone who's been in MOPS for close to seven years. So in the world of MOPS, that's almost a lifetime. But she's a great person to talk to about setting up a dedicated marketing ops function because she's been there and done it. I hope you enjoy. So welcome to the Market Mentors podcast, Emily. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. So before we get stuck into this one, I'd love to know what your relationship is with marketing ops. So I am a born and bred marketing ops person. My entire professional career has been centered around marketing ops and automation. So I am a number one fan as well as a regular user and advocate for marketing ops. I've been doing a bunch of different tools from Pardot to Marketo to Eloqua into MailChimp. So it's been a very large scale of implementation and work inside of it, but really happy to be able to call that home inside of marketing ops. Awesome. Well, I can't be thinking of a better person to talk to about this subject then. And before we sort of get into this, the first part of this is sort of focusing on how companies can successfully set up a dedicated marketing ops function. But before we get into that and to make sure we're all on the same page, how do you define marketing ops? What is it to you? Yeah. So marketing ops is really just the engine of your organization's marketing team. So when you look under the hood of a car, most people or some people that I don't really know what's going on under there just say, hey, it's a car. This is an engine and it's working. But then inside of that, there's different specializations that you can have. So say that I learned how to change the oil on my car a few years ago. So that means from a marketing ops point, now I know what the CRM to marketing automation tool connector actually means and how that actually works. Uh, you can change the washer fluid for a social campaign. You can change the battery for the paid social or other paid media kind of stuff. So the engine inside of marketing is really dependent on obviously the tools that you put in it, the people that are actually accessing it, and then marketing operations, essentially the engineer for your engine to make sure that it's actually running really smoothly and it's actually allowing you to move forward. So marketing ops for me, at least, is definitely that engine of that marketing organization inside your company. I love it. I love it. And from your experience, then, what are some of the common triggers for needing a function like this in the first place? Candidly, it's you can have a business and that's really it. So a marketing ops role can really take a lot of different phases inside of how they want to use it. So it can be anything from somebody that wears multiple hats. I actually worked at a company where I was sales ops, marketing ops. I was HR for a little bit, was exciting. <laughs> but at the same point, they were utilizing the marketing ops role in a very broad spectrum, but it was still providing the function of being that engine and being allowing the company to really be able to take advantage of the tools and tech that they have and be able to market it and measure it on the back end. So it can be anything from a really small company where you're utilizing your marketing ops person in a bunch of different directions to a very large company where you're utilizing marketing ops in a bunch of different ways. So at 
VMware, for example, we have campaign operations that sit under the marketing automation umbrella. We have a marketing operations branch that manages the actual systems. We have marketing operations strategists that say, hey, marketing, what do you want to do? Let's work together to figure out how the tools will work with this and stuff like that. So it becomes a really big part of an organization itself. So the trigger for needing a dedicated MOPS person is have a business and have the budget to pay them. Yeah. And I think historically, I mean, B2B marketing especially, is so fragmented these days. Yeah. You know, going back even a few years, obviously marketing ops, you'd see it more often within big companies, whereas these days you see it with smaller companies as well. But even roles mm -hmm. going back then, you used to see a demand gen role and then you used to bolt on, okay, you look after HubSpot, yep. you look after Pardot, you know, these sort of platforms really. Exactly. It's definitely changed. Yeah. And especially with like how businesses are starting to grow at scale more, I think COVID has forced us to have a really strong base inside of a digital environment. So having a marketing ops person now more than ever is really important because you're investing more in digital channels. And by doing that, your demand generation person can do it. Are they supposed to be doing it or have they had experience in doing it? Probably not. If they have, great, please hold on to them and do not let them go. <laughs> but in the same light, because we have so much of a digital footprint now, it's really important to have a really strong base in the systems that you're using in order to measure everything, in order to connect things to different systems and things like that. And as you grow and scale, having a really effective marketing ops person inside of your business allows you to scale faster because it's like, hmm. there's not documentation everywhere. Everybody knows what systems connect to what. There was a company that I was working with that they just discovered that they had a piece of MarTech because they did a financial review. It's just been sitting. So having a marketing ops person will hopefully alleviate that. But that's the kind of things that as we're moving into and getting comfortable inside of this digital space, especially after going into this now hybrid model with events, that's going to be even more important. No, indeed, indeed. And let's say a company's decided to then push on with this. They want a dedicated marketing ops person or a marketing ops team then. What would you recommend they do before actually getting this person in that particular role or hiring this particular person? Just to make sure that kind of function set up for success, really. Yeah. Number one, figure out what you're paying for. <laughs> if you have a marketing automation platform, great. Let's figure out what that is, how much you're spending on it, what your database count is. If you have a CRM, so HubSpot can do both, but if you have a separate CRM, what is that? How does it connect? What are you paying for it? What features do you have on it? Consolidate every single one. Once you get those pieces of tech, figure out who your AE is on each piece of tech so that then you can say, here's your packet of all the stuff that we have. Here's your people. Allow them to set up calls and maybe tell the people on the tech side or the tool side, hey, we're getting a new MOPS person. Please be ready to talk to them about our instance. And the other side of it is something that we as organizations need to do better is every time you get a new hire is another opportunity to look really critically at the stack or tools or whatever that you have. So ahead of somebody coming in for marketing ops, they're going to come in with a technical first advisement, second mindset to say, here's all the stuff that we have in play. I know how it connects. I know how it's working. And then their role is to then say, let's figure out how to actually use it effectively before they come in, especially if a small company do a survey and ask your sales teams or your finance teams or whoever, what are we doing wrong or what could we do better and see if that's something that they can actually help with. So for example, like at a company that I was working with, we were hiring a new person and one of the challenges that the sales teams was having was, hey, like I want to get more visibility into how often people are registering. Basically, they asked for a scoring model at the end of the day. Mm. And that was one of my charters that I set up for myself. I said, all right, well, 
you want to make sure that they're qualified leads, let's make a scoring model. So ask the questions ahead of them getting there so that you can help the teams get to that point when the person joins, they're becoming a sponge learning about the tools and systems, but they're also becoming a sponge and making sure that your company is moving forward with all the stuff that you have on your plate. And do you think you need to start thinking about the goals then and things like that? Or do you think it's better that you almost have a blank sheet of paper for somebody coming into this role so they can really then discover that? Obviously, you've talked about a few problem areas that they can kind of look at. But do you think that's the sort of thing that would excite a marketing arts person coming in and seeing it's almost like a blank sheet of paper and they can sort of start from scratch, really? Yeah, I think there's a healthy balance of that. So if you're getting into a startup company, usually they'll just have a blank sheet because they don't know what should be on the sheet. So that's totally fine. If you go into a larger company, they might have a few punchline items for you. But then I think it's really important as you as a manager of marketing ops or a leader inside of the marketing ops organization in your marketing department is to let half of the sheet be blank. Hmm. Cause that's half of the fun of being in marketing ops. Like obviously you get the regular support, you get maintenance stuff, you get the kind of begrudging things that you have to do, but leave the other half of the sheet blank and trust them that they're going to find cool things that they're going to be engaged with, but also help the business in the long term. Yeah. And let's say, for instance, you were hiring your first person then into this role to sort of start the department, so to speak. From a hiring point of view then, hire someone senior or more junior then as your first marketing ops hire? What are your thoughts there? It kind of depends on the company size that you're looking at and your budget, honestly. Mm. So One of the things that we have been seeing over the past few months is there's been a lot of need for marketing ops people, but the market itself for those people is generally low. So right now, the budget that you're going to require to get a really exceptional marketing ops person, especially a senior one, is going to be pretty big. Mm. However, the investment turnaround on that is going to be great because they've had experience in the field. They know what you're looking for. It's like if you need somebody to come in and fix something, that's where you get like a senior one. You say, hey, we totally messed this up. Like we need help. Please help us. <laughs> and that's where you could get like a senior one. They'll look at it, try to do some change management practices and stuff like that. If you're just starting out, find somebody that's junior that has a lot of curiosity and isn't afraid to raise their hand when there's some problem that's presented. I think that is a foundational aspect of marketing ops is really important is making sure that they are curious and not afraid to raise their hand when they see something wrong. Yeah. And from somebody that's been on the tools then, I mean, how essential do you think it is if you're implementing HubSpot for somebody to have used HubSpot as opposed to Parda and Eloqua and all this sort of stuff? What do you think there? Yeah, I think having a baseline foundation of at least one of the three-ish major ones is really important because you understand generally how it's working. Mm. As a lower or like a mid to early career person inside of marketing ops, I don't know if the platform matters as much just because you're also gaining your own portfolio, right? So like inside of my first five years of working, I worked on six different platforms and that's huge marketing for me as a person because now I can say, hey, I have experience in all of these and I get it. Hmm. And that way you can go into different things. So especially early on in career, it's really important for the individual to get as much exposure to different things as possible. But when you're going into those jobs, I took a job that started with Pardot. I'd never used Pardot. I forgot that it existed. (laughs) And then I spent the first week between my old job and my new job reading documentation. And that's all I did. And so making sure that you're hiring somebody, again, it's that curiosity and drive to get there, especially early in career, get as much exposure to different tools as you can. As you go further up into, like, if you have a director of marketing ops role, I do think that the platform knowledge becomes really important. Hmm. I don't know if it's a driving factor necessarily, but it becomes a lot easier to kind of direct the team and to say, hey, I know what Marketo is. I know that it can do this. How do we get there? Versus going into, I've been in Marketo for five years 
and then I go into Eloqua again after mm. I haven't been in it in six, I can do it. But like, what are different things that I'm missing that I need to dive more into? So it's just a little bit more legwork to make sure that you're communicating down to the team really effectively. But I don't know if it's a blocker necessarily, but it's definitely an obstacle either way. Yeah, we see it fairly often, actually. We see companies, especially that sort of first hire or that senior hire, wanting and specifying people that have worked on a particular platform. And I'm not sure if it's the same in the US as it is in the UK, but the kind of most popular ops person to hire is kind of the person who can do the strategy, but then is not too removed from the actual doing. So it's that person in between. And they are very, very, very hard to find these days. Oh, it's a sweet spot. So if you're listening and you're in marketing ops and you want to be part of the sweet spot, get experience in everything. Thing. <laughs> exactly. So let's imagine you've landed in this job then. You're the company's first marketing ops person. What would you be doing or wanting to know in that first 90 days then to ensure the foundations are in place? Number one, make sure that all legal and compliant things are in place. GDPR is real. Castle is real. Can spam is real. Make sure that they're doing it effectively because now that you're MOPS, you are the system manager for this. Please make sure that you're covering yourself. Hmm. period (laughs) that's highlighted as well (laughs) really large bold underline make sure they are compliant period (laughs) and then number two is probably just make sure that you understand what's actually in the stack again that's where that pre-work comes in when somebody comes in for marketing ops and they're the first hire at least just tell them what you have it could be anything from a jot form up to salesforce Hmm. so tell them all the stuff that's in your stack because it could also be an opportunity for them to say all right you have jot form for this maybe let's move to jira because you're already paying for it for it so like make sure that you understand the stack and why they're using it Hmm. a few years ago i wrote an article about creating a tech stack dictionary so that should be one of the first things that you do and something that i found really helpful especially starting in a new company is you write down the vendor name, who your point of contact is externally, internally, what other tools it's connected to, any maintenance things that you should be doing on a regular basis. So like, for example, with Marketo, you should be doing a database purge at the very least once a half. So doing things like that and creating a maintenance calendar and a true tech stack dictionary inside of your first 90 days is going to set that foundation for all the other stuff that you're going to be able to do later on. And then three is probably just listen and set up interviews with your sales ops, Set up interviews with sales, period. Talk to the C-suite if you can and say, what are things you actually care about inside of marketing? Do you want metrics on conversions? What do you think success is with a marketing campaign? Is it them clicking through? Is it them filling out the form? Is it them getting to AQL? Have the conversations and be a sponge and understand what the business is actually asking you to do. Because especially when it's the first person, most of the time companies say, everybody's getting marketing ops. I need marketing ops. And that's fine because you probably do. However, because of that, you as the employee also have free reign to define what your charter is because it's more loosely defined, especially if you're the first one. Yeah. And are you doing an audit also then in terms of some of the marketing stuff you're talking about that when you're interviewing people, as in actually what is an MQL, what is an SQL, what's the funnel? You go deep into that sort of stuff as well, really. Yeah. So some of the things that I like would probe on and say, all right, how do you know when a lead is ready for you to pick it up? Hmm. Oh, it gets added as a lead. And that's it. And so I was like, all right, so they need lead scoring. They need a revenue <laughs> cycle modeler. They need like these kind of things. And then it's also around education. So I have held through multiple jobs, different sessions for sales around Here's what a life cycle model is. Here's what scoring does and why it matters. And giving the education back to your stakeholders internally is really important. So being able to create that cycle, I think, is really great. And being able to, to your point, it's like 
interview to understand what their assumptions are today mm. so that you as the now educated, excited marketing mm. operations person <laughs> can go in and say, hey, here's all the gaps that I'm seeing. Let's fix them in this order. Or if you don't know the order, ask your manager. Mm. And I know you manage people right now, but in this scenario where you're the first and only marketing ops person in the business then, how would you sort of define your own success or how would you sort of talk to the business about the impact that you're having sort of going forward then? Yeah, I think a lot of it inside of marketing ops, especially when you're first starting, is time savings. One of the first things that I've done in a few jobs now is actually readjust their ticketing system. So where before the ticketing system would take at least an hour and a half a day to manage and knocked it down to 15 minutes, which is huge, because then that's another hour that the marketer gets back to do what they do. Mm. And then it gives me an hour to do fun stuff instead of figuring out what button to press to move it to this way and stuff like that. So I think time savings is a really big one in the very beginning. Other things that you can look at is because you're standing up marketing ops, sometimes companies just don't have metrics. So being able to get metrics into your ecosystem and say, this person clicked on this email that led to this form fill and this AQL, that's massive. And some companies just don't have it yet. And that's fine. And that's mm. why you hire somebody in MOPS. But that's where I think number one, again, is that time saving. And number two is getting more visibility into what stakeholders are doing on a regular basis. Yeah. And just out of interest then, when you're thinking about this sort of stuff, do you look at other operations type roles then? Because from a marketeer's point of view, digital demand, all this sort of stuff, it's sort of easier, isn't it, to sort of demonstrate success? Yeah. We're there to create MQLs, we're there to help revenue, we're there to help support the sales team and stuff. Yeah. But from an operations point of view, it is slightly different, isn't it? You're kind of like the engine underneath. Yep. Out of interest, have you sort of looked into other sort of operations type jobs just to sort of understand how they actually then define success? Oh, absolutely. And I tell my team all the time, it's like your job, especially in any job, look at the job that you want five or 10 years from now, Mm. look at the line items that they're doing and tell me what we can do to let you get there. Mm. But to your point of like marketing is an engine, when you go to the store and they say, all right, what kind of engine do you have? You have a V whatever, eight, six, blah, blah, blah. And you also have miles per gallon. So like for marketing ops, what's your miles per gallon that you're getting? Are you getting a lot of wins out of Marketo and not a lot of wins out of this like preform fill tool or like drift, for example? Mm-hmm. Say that you bought drift. Are you converting on that? Is it worth the return? I mean, obviously drift is a great tool, but you need to be really critical of those things and being able to obviously drift as the example, but you could look at Marketo. You could look at WordPress. Are we using WordPress effectively? So like mm-hmm. what's your miles per gallon per tool that you're getting. And that can be one of the measures. And then today inside my team now, to your point, demand gen has its own measures. Social has its own measures, things like that. I make a concerted effort to make sure that anytime that my team works on something, I'm showing them, hey, the stuff that you worked on, you impacted this amount of AQL. Hmm. Because yeah, we're not creating the campaigns or creating the content or whatever, but we're building the assets. And that's just as important to get it out there as building the content for it. Because if you build the content, but you have nowhere to put it, it's not going to go anywhere. So that's where making sure that you're connecting the dots to and encouraging your marketing ops team to say, this is the impact that you're having. It doesn't necessarily always have to be just towards demand done or just towards social teams or stuff like that. You can really tie those both together really well. 
Makes sense. Now, flipping the conversation a bit, we touched on it earlier about how or what the market's like at the moment for marketing ops people and jobs. It's pretty hot right now. But what would be the sort of top two or three things that you'd want to know if you were looking then for a new marketing ops job to sort of see whether or not you're excited by it, really? Yeah, I think like we were talking about earlier, it's is the page of my task list half empty? Hmm. If I'm going into a role and I have no room for creativity or engagement, that's when you're just going to go into a role to move the boat forward and not add on a new mast, change the paint, hmm. things like that. And that's what is part of the excitement of marketing ops. So number one, make sure that the page of tasks is at least half empty. <laughs> and then number two is making sure that they have an investment in it. Obviously, there's a financial end, but there's also a emotional, I guess. I can't find the right word, but we're going to use that one. Yeah. Emotional investment in marketing operations. I get it. Uh, making sure that they're ready to have somebody in to be able to push the boundaries of what they're doing and making sure that somebody that's coming into mops, they're going to say, here's all the stuff we're doing. Let's change it. Let's do this better. Let's move forward. And if you have an organization that's ready to say like the very typical improv thing of saying yes and be a yes and company, because mm. if you come in and you have a marketing ops team and you're not a yes and, and you say no every time, it's not a really great environment to obviously grow your business, number one, but number two, maintain or get a marketing ops person. Yeah. Any red flags that would put you off them? I think the flip side of that, of just saying, here's all the things you need to do. Prescriptive them, basically them saying to you, look, this is da 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 Yeah. You're hiring somebody to be your consultant internally. So yeah. making sure that you're taking on that consultant role, especially inside of the market that we have today, be really cognizant of the pay levels that you're giving into your teams. Obviously, when you find a marketing ops person that is passionate about the service, product, whatever that you have, they're going to be excited and be able to do it. But also make sure that you're compensating them well. Mm. Be really cognizant of that and make sure that you're lining up with the current trends that's going on. Obviously, it's really hot right now. So just make sure that you're aware of that mm. and making sure that's coming in. And how much emphasis would you put on or would you dig into the sort of alignment between sales and marketing then? Would that be something that you'd want to be discussing as well, given that those are probably two of your key stakeholders there, really? Yeah, I think that comes with the size of the company, for sure. I think if it's a small to mid-sized company, I definitely want to make sure that you are understanding that marketing ops and sales ops are lockstep. Hmm. Anytime that something changes inside of marketing ops, it needs to go through sales ops or sales ops needs to be aware. And there's different skills that happen inside of different company sizes. So the small company, you might be both, which I've been, which is very exciting. Hmm. The mid-sized company, it might be you, one other person, then two people on sales ops or smaller size, like under 10. Hmm. And then at that enterprise level, if you're going into a role, like I have two branches inside of my team. One branch is ecosystem and one very lovely woman named Varuni is fantastic at her job. And she talks to sales ops and lead management and those people all the time and making sure, Hey, hmm. this is what's happening with the leads. They are going through. Here's why. What can we do to fix it? And that's that workshopping that she's doing on a regular basis. So if you were to be coming in and saying, all right, this is the role that you're having. You're going to be in charge of making sure that Marketo is running like a fine-tuned machine. Mm -hmm. You need to have that connection to sales and especially lead ops and stuff like that. So making sure that there's very healthy and clear connections between those two or three teams is really, really important. Perfect, perfect. And final question then, having interviewed and built a marketing ops team than yourself, I mean, what would you say is the one thing that marketing ops candidates could perhaps do better in interviews then? Ask pointed questions and be critical of it. Mm. I think one of the best interviews I had recently, she asked me 
what are two or three things that you know that you're doing wrong that you don't have time to fix? Ooh, that is a good question. And I was like, oh, you listen, that was the best interview question I've gotten in a long time. I took a pause. I did a lap. <laughs> it was great. So that kind of stuff and going in and having that curiosity and drive to make a change inside of the org hmm. is really, really important. So ask the pointed questions. And that also is going to tell you as the potential employee of that manager, how are they going to respond to feedback? Mm. How are they going to take ideas that I have and move forward with them? So we we're talking about the yes and improv thing. If somebody asked me that question and I said, well, you know, we're doing pretty good. Let me take a minute. And then you take too long. I'm going to be like, all right, you need to know what's wrong with your stack. Like nobody has a perfect tech stack, period. Mm. It does not exist. And if it does, please call me and we'll write a book or something and we'll figure it out together. But to date, I have not figured it out. Again, if anybody's figured it out, great. But inside of that, you get to learn a lot about the manager and their management style by asking that question too. So be critical because at the end of the day, most of the times you're getting 45 minutes to an hour with three people to figure out how you're going to be able to spend eight hours a day with them for the next whatever number of months, years be critical because that's the best move to go. Perfect. Well, it's been fascinating talking to you. I love your analogy that marketing ops is the engine. Yes. Because it is so true. And it's great talking to yourself and people like Carla who are in these marketing ops roles because it's been talked about a huge amount more these days. So it's yeah. a really great spot to be in yeah. and a great job to do as well. So it's exciting. So it's been fascinating talking to you, Emily. Thank you. You too, Ed. Appreciate it. Pleasure. So that's it for another episode of the Market Mentors podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a review as that helps the channel going forward. Until next time.